On Ash Wednesday, we talk about sin and death together. So what's the connection? Sin doesn't cause death. Death is the price tag for having lived a life to begin with. The connection is that we don't want to talk about either one of them. Ernest Becker's Pulitzer Prize winning book, The Denial of Death, says that to a greater or lesser extent, we all pretend we aren't mortal, like the old Paul Simon lyric, and so I'll continue to continue to pretend my life will never end. No surprise there. But Becker goes on to show convincingly that denial of death is the psychological root of all sorts of regrettable behaviors and our refusal to own up to them. In Christian parlance, to the extent we deny our death, we deny our sin. Now, I once heard some people talking about racism, and then some other people nearby began furiously denying they were racist, though nobody had said they were. Now, my fellow Georgian, Joseph O'Berry, will, will bear me witness to this. In Georgia, we used to say, it's the hit dog hollers. People accuse religion of shoring up our denial. They say it's a pie-in-the-sky fantasy for, hold, for, deny, for hiding hard truths. And often they're right. Many Ash Wednesday sermons will caution people not to think about anything unpleasant. Some priests use cute variations on the imposition of ashes. More than once I've heard Remember that you are stardust, you are golden. There's plenty of escapist religion, but St. Augustine defined sin as precisely this kind of escapism. Sin is disengagement. Sin is denial. Religion can be sin. For example, in Isaiah's day, people were jumping through religious hoops so they could bypass the hard stuff. But God wasn't impressed. He said, on the day of your fasting, you exploit your workers. Your fasting ends in quarreling and strife. He had no use for petty pieties like giving up coffee, candy, or Facebook for 40 days as if that makes it okay. He thought we had real issues to deal with, especially each other. Feel-good religion, self-help books, and video games are all escape routes for fleeing from the common life of family, church, and civic engagement. Smoke and mirrors religion won't cut it. God says, let's get real. This is real. We are awash in, grief, in unspoken grief that life doesn't meet our expectations. We're lonely. Sometimes we're angry. Often we're afraid. We aren't who we want to be, so we're ashamed. Sooner or later, we're going to die. It adds up to a load of unacknowledged grief, 
that we act out in unfortunate ways, and that leaves us with a rucksack of unacknowledged guilt. Theologian Luke Bretherton says we avoid guilt and grief in two ways, denial and projection. Denial pushes our guilt, grief, and shame down below our awareness, but they don't go away. They fester there, so we have to do something more with them. We project our negative feelings on scapegoats, human screens for the parts of ourselves we refuse to own. I'm not selfish, not manipulative, not judgmental. I'm not angry and I'll fight the man who says I am. I don't have the psychological baggage that afflicts everyone else, not me. It's the immigrants, the gays, the homeless. Now Jesus said, a Pharisee and a tax collector went up to pray. The Pharisee stood apart and prayed, God, I thank you that I'm not like other people. Robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even this tax collector. I fast twice a week and tithe. But the tax collector prayed, God have mercy on me, a sinner. He didn't escape. He didn't project. He owned his moral failures. And it was the tax collector who went home justified. So if we want a Lenten discipline, let's try this one. Let's withdraw our projections. The road to personal wholeness begins when we withdraw our projections. Jesus' word for personal wholeness, by the way, was salvation. So whoever we're demonizing, let's give it up for at least 40 days. Maybe it's someone in our family, our church, our neighborhood. Maybe it's someone we disagree with over politics. A rational disagreement is good, a principled stance is good, but passionate animosity is ineffective and it's fueled by projection. This Lent, let's withdraw our projections and look inside instead. When we stop blaming others and acknowledge our own mortality and sin, two things become possible. First, we can see someone else as, in Robert Burns' words, my poor earthbound companion and fellow mortal. Second, we can do some serious soul searching, cultivating a healthy self-awareness. We might, might find stuff that isn't pretty, but we may also discover the capacity to forgive ourselves for being human. We don't have to beat us, ourselves up. In fact, beating ourselves up misses the point. The point is to acknowledge our faults with Christ-like compassion. So maybe start with just one fault. Acknowledge one fault and forgive yourself. Then forgive someone else. If we practice the gentle art of self-forgiveness, then we can forgive our poor earthbound companions and fellow mortals. We may even forgive life for disappointing us long enough to actually live it. And wouldn't that be an Easter? Wouldn't that be 
a resurrection. 